G'day. Lovely spot here by the Billabong. Well, it's nice to be close to the water again. Been inland for the most of the summer and it's been a stinker. Some nights when I'm alone I can hear the dingoes howling out there in the dark. It reminds me of a tale I heard once. The tale of the farmer's wife. I'm now seated in the hospital and I'm looking out the window. The glass has yet to be fitted as the place is still under construction. I feel uneasy looking over the bushland in the distance. I swear I see the devils dashing in and out of the bushes. I have decided to put down on paper these events. Even though they at the time may seem a fantasy, I can assure you these events were real. These events of this tale happened not three days' ride from here. The year was 1830, and Fraser Island had been marked by the Australian government for its rich pastoral land. The offer of such land was an opportunity that my husband Richard could not refuse and was gratefully accepted. The journey up the coast from Melbourne took ten days and we disembarked with our luggage, packed into a modest cart, towing behind one cow and three sheep we had purchased in cans for breeding. We were to be the first farmers in the region. The soil was rich and the land was plentiful. I could see Richard was excited as we wound our way along the beaches. From the bay, he would point to all the strange birds that flew above our heads. I looked over my shoulder as we rounded the coastline away from the busy little harbour. I took my last view of civilization in the region. See, darling? This is all our land. We'll never get this back in England. Not with those fucking lords everywhere. I smiled and held my son, Harry, close to me. He was just seven and asked if any other kids will be there. I said, not at first, my love, but eventually. You'll be busy helping your father and I most of the time. Two days later, and over several hills and valleys, we arrived. Our home nestled in the mountains. I looked up at the mist as it clung to the top of the hills. The region was green and lush. We were truly alone out here. The first night was the hardest. We were in complete isolation and I could not help but think of that nasty novel I had read called Dracula. I mentioned this to my husband, whom laughed and said we were more like Gulliver and would probably stumble upon Lilliput if we weren't careful. Richard worked hard over the next week to build us a small but modest bush hut. I remember the first night we moved in. We had brought up a potbelly with us from Sydney, but the weather was quite warm. About a month later, our little girl had joined the family, our first-born Australian. I don't know what we'll call her, my love. What should we call her, Harry? Come on, lad. Don't be afraid. Come say hi to your sister. Harry walked over sheepishly and looked down at the new baby. I was exhausted and passed out shortly before seeing my little boy smile.
Come on, mate. Keep going. That's it, Harry. No, 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 boy. You need to make sure the seed is properly covered. The rains will do the rest. Harry, what are you looking at? I looked up. In the shadow sat a large red dog. He sat there watching us silently. His head turned slowly to Richard, then Harry, and finally landed on the baby nestling in my arms. Penny. I better get back to the shack. I said as I stood up and noticed about five dingoes of all shapes and sizes come out of the bush. They sat down and stared at me. I clutched my baby to my chest and hid her from their sight under my shawl. The hot evening had arrived and we were all sitting outside trying to stay cool. Richard cooked up our little fish stew in the little iron pot. Our plot had been sown that day and now we waited to see if our seeds would take and produce wheat. Richard would walk out from the light of the fire from time to time and look about. I didn't know dingoes got that big in Queensland. Did you see the mail? We'll be fine. Let's just keep together in the evening and keep watch. It looks more like a large fox than a wolf, my love. Nothing to be frightened of, I'm sure. I said this in front of Harry as he stared off fearfully into the darkness. Are the children asleep, my love? Yes, fast asleep. I still need to go back to port tomorrow. But with those dingoes hanging around, I'm thinking I may have to wait a bit. Is the ship in the port? Only for the day. I need to be there to pick up more of the seed and supplies we ordered before they're stolen in my absence. When is the ship next back? Not for three months, my love. We'll miss our season to sow, and if we do that, then that's it. We're lost. Perhaps you better show me how to use the rifle. The sun rose and heat crept in. I was the first to awaken and I stepped outside to start the fire. I sat there watching as the fire slowly took and then I felt a chill run down my spine. I slowly stood up and looked around. I scanned the bushes that met the newly ploughed allotment. Nothing. Good. Try again. Put your shoulder into it this time so it doesn't throw your back out. I dug my heel into the ground and secured my shoulder, ready for the kickback. Good. Right on target, my love. Very good. The bullet will only travel 300 yards, then you'll have to reload. Make sure to keep the musket already loaded in the shack and the powder dry. I'm hoping the sound will frighten them away. I'm sure it will. But you also have the pitchfork and the axe as well. Keep the fires burning and they'll probably stay away. I'm sure they're just like foxes, my darling. Richard paused and looked at me nervously. I stepped in and gave him a hug. I have to go now, my love, or I'll be late for the ship. I'll be back in five days. I love you. Be safe. I nodded and did my best to hold back the tears in front of little Harry. I took a deep breath and turned to my little man and said, It's time for you to learn how to fire this gun. Sound like fun? Harry nodded excitedly. We fired the gun several times throughout the day. Harry's shoulder was sore by the end and we returned to the hut. I sat smiling proudly at my boy as he slurped on his stew. 
I put the baby to bed in our little shack and put on some extra logs on the fire for the light. Harry secured the cows and sheeps in their little pens and closed the shack door behind them. I had one rifle and a musket and the axe, all at arm's length. We were all tucked into bed, secure and warm. I'm sure it will be all right. I'm sure. I shot up in bed. I tried to see and listened in the dark. How many were there? Three? Four? I climbed out of bed and checked the door. Normally we'd leave it open because of the heat, but not now. I silently crept towards the door. I could hear them. The door budged a little. They were trying to get in. I looked over at the gun sitting near my bed and went to get it, but then the door flung open. The remnants of the fire had created a haze around the shack. From within the smoke, I saw five ragged dingoes all standing there looking at me with my mouth open. They had come for their dinner. I leapt at the door and shut it hard. One of the smaller one's paw got caught and it yelped as I slammed the door. This had awoken Harry and the baby who started to scream. Harry, grab the rifle, I yelled. Harry sat there in fear. Now, boy! I felt the dogs slamming their bodies up against the door, trying to get in. Harry got out of the bed and picked up the rifle and walked towards me. He shook with fear. I looked down, and I could see he had wet himself. I smiled, trying to keep him calm, and said, Darling, listen, I can't hold this any longer. Point the gun at the door. Harry shook, but he did what he was told and raised the gun at me. Good boy, I said. When I open the door, you fire. I flung the door open and moved aside. The lead dog took the bullet right into the face and hit the ground dead. The second dog scrambled over towards Harry and I grabbed the pot and belted it on the head as hard as I could. It yelped, backed out of the door and ran away. The third and fourth scampered away in fear. I grabbed the musket and headed outside, yelling over my shoulder, Harry, reload the gun and follow me! I ran through the smoke and looked about. The dingoes had all run off into the darkness. Harry came running up behind me with the rifle in his hand. I looked down at Harry and smiled. My brave little man, I thought. I turned around to see I had run out far from the shack, I looked back to see the door was open. The baby, Harry! I began to run back and I saw the little dog sneak from behind the shack. I stopped, took aim and fired at the dog, but I missed. He ducked. Harry ran ahead of me, but he tripped up and fell onto the ground. I ran as fast as I could. Then I saw the dog dragging my baby out. Her little arms were in its jaws. She was screaming. The dog dragged her backwards, looking at me the whole time. I screamed and yelled, chasing the dingo. I threw my rifle at the creature. Harry jumped back and came running in. He kicked the dingo in the ribs. It let go of the baby and turns his attention towards Harry. Harry scooped up the baby as I ran into the shack after the musket. I ran back out and just as the dingo went to leap at the boy, I fired, catching it in the chest. It lay on the ground, dying, whelping. Harry, get inside! I reloaded the musket and put the little bastard out of its misery. 
I ran back inside and boarded up the door with my bed. I could hear the remaining buggers howling in the surrounding bushes. How is the baby, Harry? I ran over, picked her up and looked down at her little arms. She had severe cuts and bites and she was screaming in pain, the poor little thing. I managed to stop the bleeding and wrapped her little arm in a cloth. I looked over and Harry had fallen asleep with the axe in his hand. I held my baby in my arms and kept watch until I could see the first light of day. We both had gotten no sleep. I handed the baby to Harry and picked up the musket. I dragged the dead dingo out by its tail to clear the shack. Its blood had leaked out overnight into a murky brown and red pool. Five days, I said to myself. I got two. I think there is three left. I looked down to see my little boy holding the baby. We sat by the fire during the day, keeping watch all the time. I had my suspicions they were waiting for the night. I put Harry to work gathering logs and asked him to start several small fires around the shack. I thought if we could see them coming at night, I could get a couple of shots off. I made several holes in the side of the shack's walls as to create lookouts and to be able to stick the musket through, but not big enough so that the little beast can climb through. The night went on and I eventually fell asleep. I awoke at the baying of the stock. Tonight, they were after the cattle. I looked outside and the three of them were attacking the cow. One had its jaws around his leg and the other ducked back and forth, snapping at the poor animal. I picked up the musket and fired. They ran off into the dark. Harry ran about looking at the other hole to see where they had gone. I had frightened them off, for now. The next morning came and I walked out and checked the cow. She had lost lots of blood and was laying on the ground half dead. I was very upset as we had brought her here from Sydney and we were planning on her being part of the family. I told Harry to take the baby and go back into the shack and did what needed to be done. I took the baby and the musket to the nearby river to wash the bloody rags and clean her wounds. I sat on the river, exhausted. I don't know what had happened, but I leaned against the tree for a moment with the baby in my arms and closed my eyes. The trickling of the stream sent me off to sleep. I heard a noise and jolted upright, and there they were, all sitting opposite the river, snarling, looking down at my baby. I reached for the musket, raised it and fired, clipping the small one. It staggered on the spot and collapsed in a heap. The two that were left ran up, howling and nudged the little one. I watched in horror as the smaller of the two looked at me and began to howl. I could hear the pain in her voice. The mother. She snarled and howled, staring at me with those black eyes. I had killed her child. I kept my musket raised at them as I scampered behind the tree up the hill to the paddock, all the time watching as the dingoes howled. I knew tonight she would come for certain. 
I ran as quickly as I could with the baby through the field. I never looked back, fearing the mother would be hot on my tail, snapping for her revenge. Harry took the musket off me and loaded the rifle as I closed the hut door. This was our third night, and we were all exhausted and as ready as we could ever be. The fires were once again lit, and we bunkered down. Then we heard the familiar howling start. All they had left was each other, mother and father. We'd killed the rest. This had gone beyond hunger now. We sat listening to the howls. I looked about the hut and noticed the vent that Richard had made, and I had an idea. I ripped out the chimney and hacked at the wood. The hole grew bigger and bigger. Harry looked amused. I stepped down and looked at the bed and began to pull apart the pillow and pulled out the feathers. I scattered them about the shack. It didn't take long for the pair to find the hole and scamper up the side. The little beast stuck her head in and growled. Harry, get the door, I said, picking up the musket. The female dingo was wiggling her way in, snapping and growling her eyes glued to my child. She had come for her revenge. Harry, get outside! Now! Take the baby! I ushered Harry outside and handed him the rifle, closing the door behind him. The dingo fell through to the ground and stood up, staring at me. The other one now stuck his head in and began to wiggle his way through. He came crashing down onto the other. The shack stunk of dog fur and I shook, holding the musket. I fired and the little dog staggered back. I missed. They looked about and began to growl. I backed up to the door and swung it open and stepped outside. I pulled the door shut with all of my strength. Harry! I yelled. Grab the log and throw it through the hole at the top, okay? Harry nodded and ran over to one of the lit fires and grabbed a log and tossed it through the hole. He grabbed another and another and tossed them through. Before long, the shack had started to burn with the dingoes inside. They howled and howled as the place went up. I backed away from the door when it burst open and both came running out to light. I watched as they staggered about and then collapsed on the ground. Dead. It was over. The next few nights we looked after our little baby and tended to her wounds. I hoped they wouldn't scar. Harry did his best job keeping the fires going and made me a proud mother. I knew one day he would grow to be a decent family man. I sit here now in the hospital having committed this story to paper. Richard was shocked to hear the story once he arrived, but we decided to press on. I'm looking forward to getting back once the wounds have healed on the baby, and together we can rebuild our lives. Thanks for listening to this week's episode entitled The Farmer's Wife. The story was written by myself, narrated by Maggie McCormack and John Vos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week by the Billabong.